channel Lighthouse Discipleship Center. So you can follow us uh, on both of those platforms. Uh, also on online on our website you can support our ministry as many have and we thank you for doing so at lighthousediscipleship.org. So like I said we're, we're going to be continuing our Bible study tonight on effortless change. Uh, effortless change. It sounds like a strange title. We're talking about being in God's Word. You know, when you sow God's Word, His seed, in your heart, and you abide in Him, God, His Word, His seed, His Word, His, His, Jesus said the words I speak are spirit and life. He, God, will change you from the inside out. And it will seem almost effortlessly. You know, there is an effort to be in the Word of God. There is an effort to be in a relationship with God. <coughs> so there is an effort as far as that's concerned. But you don't produce the change. It's the seed of God's word that produces the change in you. And so, uh, you know, the, uh, the Bible, I think it's in Hebrew, says we labor to enter that rest. There's a rest for the people of God. And so, but there's a labor to get into that rest. And so there's a rest. There's an effortlessness of God changing us from the inside out as we abide in him. As we have a relationship with him. You know, you don't see a grape on the vine stressing to produce fruit. No, it just simply abides in the vine. Now there's labor in a sense for the farmer or the gardener to cultivate that soil and the atmosphere with the wa proper water and sunshine, not too much, not too little. You know, and at the same point in time, there's effort in that part, but the farmer doesn't produce the seed. He doesn't produce the crop. He just gardens it. And so uh, there's an effortless change. So we're in uh, chapter 2 again tonight. I'm talking about meditating on God's Word. We'll be in the section heading, if you have your books, uh, for those of you who do, uh, on the section heading called Believe. You know, And so uh, there's a lot to be said about uh, meditating. I think we've already discussed it in uh, weeks past. You know, we all meditate all the time. We might not all meditate on the Word of God, uh, you know, but we'd all meditate. Uh, what do I mean by that? Well, do you, we, you know, we never had to take any classes on how to worry. <laughs> we never had to learn, take any classes how to fret and how to be anxious for stuff. We just do that naturally. And the Bible says, what, to be naturally minded is death. And uh, we worry about things. We mull it over, especially in those quiet times when we're driving or in the shower or laying on our bed at night or whatever it might be. Those, uh, we know we're, a lot of times we're playing the what-if game. <coughs> or if we had a conversation with somebody and it didn't go so well, we might, or even if it did go well, we might even say, you know what, I should have said that. I should have said that. Or what do they mean by saying that? You know, we play these games in our, in our minds. Or, or we feel a little... Uh, we feel a little pain in our back or our leg or something, and different thoughts can go in our mind. Do I have cancer? Do I have this or that? And we, we worry about stuff all the time. We worry, worry about our kids. We worry about different things. You know, I'm not saying we don't care about things, and we should be careless and thoughtless and, and not thoughtful, but we worry all the time. And, and Jesus said in Matthew 6 that by worrying about things, we can't add one cubit to our life. We can't, add, we can't make our life go longer or shorter or whatnot. We can't change our life. You know, uh, we can't do any, and worrying doesn't change anything. Actually, almost every sickness stems from worry or stress or something of the sort. And so worry is a killer. 
But we meditate, med- and, and, and meditation, good medication, meditating on God's Word in a positive way is a good thing. Paul said it this way in Philippians 4, whatever is lovely, whatever is good, and so on and so on, think on these things. Uh, that you know, um, so we need we you know we what are we thinking about? What are we meditating on? Whatever you're meditating, in a sense, your mind is your garden. The Bible says, "As a man thinketh, so is he." And Andrew teaches them many different times. Your life is going in the direction of your most dominant thought. <coughs> Whatever you most dominantly think about, that's the direction your life is going. And uh, and we and, you know we need to guard our heart with all diligence because out of it flows the issues of life. And your your mind is your garden, and you need to garden that. You need to sometimes do some weed and feed. In the parable of the sower in Mark and Luke's translation, I forget who, which one says which, but Jesus said, "Take heed what you hear. Take heed how you hear. What you are listening to, and how you listen to it." It's depending on what seed is being sown in your soil. You know, in the parable of the sower, we'll eventually get into this book, probably not tonight, but we'll eventually get into it. You know, the same seed was sown in four different soils. How many of you know the Word of God always works? But it can't work in the wrong soil. It can only produce so much. If it's rocky soil, if it's thorny soil, or if it's just pavement, that seed <coughs> doesn't have the right soil to produce. There's nothing wrong with the seed. It's the soil that's the problem. It's only the soil that fell on good soil, seed that fell on good soil, that produced a harvest 30, 60, 100 fold. And some of us, you know, if you don't like this, the harvest you're getting, then you need to change your seed. Stop worrying about stuff and start uh, trusting God. I know, like, especially in our world today, and here in even America, you know, there's a lot of things we don't like going on with our government, with uh, different things, and and whatnot, and we, you know, I'm not saying we don't get involved, and part of the problem why we are in such a mess, because we haven't been involved like we should have been. At the same point in time, we can get so involved watching the news and everything else that we are worrying about stuff and not trusting God. That's dangerous. That's not good. That's not healthy. And I'm not saying there's a balance of being, knowing what's going on, and I mean, I'm not saying we can't listen to some things, but this should be our normal, our dominant diet. Spending time in the, in the Spirit, spending time with God should be our dominant diet. Not religiously, but out of relationship. And if we do that, no matter what happens, if, everything, if all hell breaks loose, if we have a relationship with God, we're going to survive. We're going to come out good on it. Even if we die, we're going to be with the Lord. We, no matter what happens to us, we win. <laughs> Keep a relationship with God. I mean, all the apostles, Paul included, and Jesus said terrible times are coming in these last days. That doesn't mean I'm just going to stand by and let, make watch it happen and you know, be uninvolved. But at the same point in time, I don't have to get bent out of shape. I don't have to worry. I don't have to fret. I can be... I can, I, I, you know, I don't like some of the things going on, and I don't necessarily have to participate in all the things going on. I don't have to necessarily, you know, there, there, to a certain degree we should be involved and vote and different things. But at the same point in time, you know, even Ecclesiastes says there's a time for peace and there's a time for war. There's a time for that, and I get that. At the same point in time, no matter what we are in, we can trust God. <laughs> 
and you can't trust God and worry about things at the same time. Those are that's, those are those are counterproductive. What you know, either what you're worried about or what you're trusting God in will be dominant. You know, we can all tend have a tendency to worry about things from time to time, but what's more dominant? You know, I, I love some of the Psalms where David is just like, Lord, I don't like it. <coughs> you know, he'll say you know, a Psalm, why are you so downcast on my soul? And then he'll tell his soul what to do, put your trust in God. And so, you know, he, he limits his frustration, but then he doesn't stop there. He encourages himself in the Lord, and that's what we need to do. Sometimes it's okay to get that, that frustration out. There's a wrong way to do that, too. We can get too far with that. But we, we need to encourage ourselves in the Lord. You know, uh, it's kind of like, you know, uh, I remember back in grade school, if I skinned my arm on the playground, the nurse in the office would say, sometimes a little bleeding, it can be helpful. It's a way the body cleanses itself. But obviously we don't want a gushing forever. You, you, you want to stop that bleeding at some point. You definitely want to clean it up and put some of those uh, hydrogen peroxide stuff, the one that causes the bubbles, you know, it's going to steam a little bit. You do want to clean it up. But there, I remember a nurse telling me one time, a little bleeding is not so bad. I, and maybe she's just talking to me, make me feel better. I don't know. But uh, she, she was, uh, you know, it just has a way of the body cleansing itself, uh, you know. And I don't know how much truth is in all that. But it, it made sense to me at the time, you know, and so, but, you, you know, you don't, obviously don't want to uh, be believing forever. There's a time to put our trust in God. And uh, anyway, I say a lot for in the introduction. I don't know if you want to say anything just before we get started here. Uh, no, just to piggyback on what Dave and even Andrew said, that meditation is positive thinking when we worry or fret or fear that's obviously negative um and, and you know obviously we all know that the the downside of all those um it just i mean we just feel horrible and sometimes it, it puts sickness and stress and and just uh on us but when we meditate on god's word and put god's truth first then we not only lift ourselves up and edify ourselves like with Dave's example of, of King David, uh, but we can turn around and edify other people, which is part of the body of Christ, what, we, we, what we're to do, to, to love and be in unity and edify each other. But it also reminds me of the verse in Jeremiah that Dave and I quote a lot about the blessed man and the cursed man. You know, the cursed man, all he sees and worries and frets over is all the bad stuff happening to him. You know, it says the good and the bad uh, came to both the cursed and the blessed man. But the cursed man only saw the bad. He never recognized the good when it came. He only saw the bad. But the blessed man, he was blessed because he kept his focus on God. No matter if the, the bad came, he knew who he could put his trust in, and that was God. And he flourished like a tree living by a stream of water. And, you know, that that's, you know, that's who we're, we are to be. We're to put our trust in God and meditate on what God has to say. All right. So, we're, again, we're in Chapter 2 again tonight on uh, Meditate on the Word of God. And we're in the, if you have a book, uh, we're in the section heading Believe, Explanation, explanation Point. 
and then we're going to go from there. We'll probably finish chapter 2 tonight, maybe in the chapter 3. So. Last week I was studying the account of King Jehoshaphat found in Second Chronicles 20. King Jehoshaphat had been faithful to the Lord and had served him, yet three nations came out against him. The armies of these three nations joined together into what seemed to King Jehoshaphat to be an overwhelming force. There seemed to be no way for him and his people to win. So Jehoshaphat built a platform, assembled all of the people together, and addressed them. He stood up on the platform, lifted up his hands to heaven in front of all the people, <coughs> excuse me, and began to pray. He said, God, we don't have any help, any power against this great multitude that has come against us. Our only help is in you. We're standing here. We're waiting on you. God, we need you to do something. See Second Chronicles 20.12. At the conclusion of King Jehoshaphat's prayer, a prophet stood up and prophesied, You won't even have to fight in this battle. In the morning, assemble yourselves. You will go out and find that it has already been won. 2 Chronicles 2.17 After this declaration from the prophet, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall ye be established. Believe his prophets, so shall ye prosper. Second Chronicles 20.20 20. Jehoshaphat spoke powerful words of faith, saying, Believe the word of God. They arose very early the next morning and went out to meet these three armies that were coming against them. They didn't just say that they believed God. They proved it by acting on their faith and putting the singers up front. 2 Chronicles 2.21 As I've been meditating on this passage of scripture, I've thought, what a miracle. Some people read Bible stories like they didn't really happen. Or maybe they do believe that these events actually took place. But they happened so long ago to somebody else so far away that they just don't connect. Don't just read the information in, in God's word. Begin to think about it. Consider, what if you were in the position of Jehoshaphat? What would it have been like to tell the soldiers to get in the back and to put the choir in, in the front? How must it have sounded as they sang, Praise the Lord for his mercies endures forever on their way out to meet the three arm, armies. Over a million people armed to the hilt. Second Chronicles 2021. These thoughts are the beginning of meditation. It's one thing to read passage, but it's another thing to go deeper and meditate on it. I read those passages of scripture again and again for two or three days. I'd go back to the same passages and spend 30 minutes to an hour reading, looking at cross-references, and gathering information. Then I'd spend time meditating on what I had read during the day. I was on an airplane traveling to a Gospel Truth seminar. My eyes were closed, but I was thinking about what a huge step of faith this was for Jehoshaphat and how God rewarded him. I love this story in Second Chronicles 20 from Jehoshaphat in high school. This used to be one of my favorite stories. Uh, he didn't quote the whole verse here in Second Chronicles 20 verse 12. Uh, it's actually a long verse, uh, but the last, the, uh, the last part of the verse says, Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. That used to be one of my favorite verses in high school. Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. That's a good place to be, where, not, uh, where our eyes are fixed on him. No matter, you know, there's, there's been so many times in my life 
some things not some things not as trivial as what he was going through. A major war battle and their lives were on the line. But there's been times in my life I didn't know what to do. But Lord, my eyes are on you. You know, that's a good place to be. He knows when Peter kept his eyes on Jesus, he walked on water. You know, it's not just uh, the supernatural from danger, but and then deliverance from danger. But Peter walked on water in the middle of a storm. Not just, I mean, it, I don't know about you, but if I started walking on water, I, would, I wouldn't mind doing the calm water to start it out, <laughs> to practice. But a, a, a raging storm, a hurricane-type weather, you know, that's not, you know, that's, you know, the water's not even flat, <laughs> you know, he, but Peter kept his eyes on Jesus, he, he did fine. But when he got his eyes off Jesus, he began to sink. And a lot of us, we're, we're, we're fretting because our eyes are on anything and everything but Jesus. Sometimes we're having our faith in our faith and not our faith in Jesus. We have our faith in our prayer cloth and this and that, but we don't have our faith in Jesus. His word, you know, I love you know, when you were reading this, uh, especially from Second Chronicles twenty twenty, and Jehoshaphat s- stood and said, "Hear me, O, Ju- o Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God. So shall ye be established. Believe his prophets. So shall you prosper." We should be. We need us. You know, the title of the section was believe. And I love Lawson Purdue, and he teaches us a lot. We're believers because we believe. You know, there was a time back in uh, 2006, I think it was, somewhere in that neighborhood, and I was uh, in, in, a, in a kind of a dark time in my life, and I had there were some things I, I was struggling with. I'm not going to go into all that detail. And I was very discouraged and, and down and whatnot. And then this uh, season, uh, someone gave me a book from Beth Moore, um, I think it has to do titled "Believe God" or something of that nature. The book was okay, and there were certain parts of it that ministered to me because of the season I was in at the time. But the title really got my heart: "Believe God, believe God." This is going on, yes, but believe God. All these things are going on in our country right now, yes, but believe God. All these things are going on in my family right now, yes. But believe God. All these things are going on in my body right now. My whole world's caving in. I got this doctor's report. I don't have any money. Uh, COVID. I can't go anywhere. I can't do anything. Our country's falling apart. <coughs> uh, this and that. Yes. But believe God. I'm not trying to be insympathetic with what's going on. But am I going to believe the report? The news? What's going on? Or am I going to believe God? Jehoshaphat. <coughs> he's responsible for the nation of Israel, Judah. And three big armies are coming against them. And they don't even have any weapons. They were at a time militarily. They were weak. They were just sitting ducks. They had no way in the natural to overcome this thing. And yet, God inspired them through the prophets and whatnot, to put the worship team on the front line. How you know, they don't teach that in boot camp. They don't teach that in the Navy SEALs and whatnot, to put the uh, the music musicians, the CD player, the boom box, whatever you want to call it, the worship leaders, the uh, Spotify on the, on the front lines. You know, but, and they begin to see the Lord, uh, His mercy endures forever. 
The Lord is good. His mercy endures forever. You know, and some you might not be going through with something like Jehoshaphat, more likely not. Most of you listening are not the commander in chief of, of a nation. And you don't have, <coughs> you might not be in a war like he has been one since America and many places in the world right now. We are at war. It might be a different kind of war where we don't see uh, missiles and guns being, being shot, you know, whatnot. But there is a war going on. Our country is divided, and there's a lot going on, and and that's just a big picture. Your story, your finances, your family dynamic, your own emotions. There could be a war going on, and you know, are, are you going to meditate on all what's going wrong? Or are you going to trust God? Or are you going to believe God? And where is that faith going to come from? Having a relationship with God. Meditate on His... How are you going to meditate on His Word if you don't even know what His Word says? You know, there have been seasons in my life where I... I mean, I know a lot of Scripture. I know a lot. Because I've been a, I spent a lot of time with God's Word. But there's been seasons in my life, even in recent years, not too long ago, where for whatever reason I was putting this on the shelf just for a season. Because of issues of life and whatnot, what I was doing, putting this on the shelf wasn't the right response. But I be, I wasn't, <coughs> excuse me, during that season, I wasn't as sharp with scripture like I am now. And I wasn't standing on scripture like I do now. I wasn't speaking words of faith like I am now. You know, I I look good. If I look good, if I look good now, it's because of God and His Word that's in me. All I have to do is stop eating this Word for a few days, a few weeks, and then a few months. I I will go right back to my old moment, just like many people have. You know, I used to teach back in the day. The best thing for you to do to get in trouble spiritually is to do nothing. All you have to do is stop. Stop being in the Word, stop going to church, and you will grow cold. Your heart will grow cold. It won't take long, but it will be a matter of time, and you will go back to some of your old ways. And we have seen people. We've seen people go to Bible college. We've seen <coughs> people who have gone to Karis Bible college and graduate go back to drugs, go back to their old evil ways. And it wasn't the wrong teaching. It wasn't the Bible college's fault. While they were in college and under the Word, they were doing good. But once they got out of the Word, once they stopped having the Word be the diet, and I mentioned Karis Bible College, and I point this because it's his school, <laughs> and it's his Bible College, uh, Andrew Womack. But all we got, but once they stopped, they stopped being in fellowship, they stopped being under the Word, under good teaching, and uh, while they were under the Word, there was an effortless change going on. And their life was beautiful. The garden was great. You know, there was, because they're in fellowship, there's accountability and different things that spurs on to good things. But once they stopped, they went back to their old vomit. <coughs> and what do I mean by that? The scripture talks about going, a dog going back to his own vomit. You know, the, the things that, their old lifestyles. And uh, it doesn't take much to dry up spiritually. It doesn't take much, you know. For example, there's a TV show that we, we like watching, NCIS. And then one of the one of the characters there is uh, is McGee, Timothy McGee, 
and he's on many of the shows, uh, starting with, uh, I think, season one or two. And uh, he didn't start at the very beginning, but he, he's not hes not soon after he starts. But he's normal size, normal fit. Uh, but then we start seeing in the, uh, the middle series that he got very thin. I don't know if he was on some special diet that a lot of people are on or whatnot. And then later on in, in the series, so he, 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 gained, he gained some of that weight back. And there's some people who have been on special diets or whatnot for, for too long. And they just, to me, they're just, thin, they're just too thin. I know I, I can lose some weight, so I'm not, I'm not one to talk. But at the same point in time, uh, you know, uh, my point I'm trying to get to, I'm not talking, and I'm not against Timothy McGee, who, who's actually another, that's just his uh, character name. But I'm not even talking about food so much. I'm just talking about it doesn't take long. There was a period of time in 2006 in the same season that I that I, I talked about where I lost a lot of weight. I went down two pant, pant sizes. I lost a lot of weight during that season. There was a four-month season. I got really depressed and discouraged, and I, 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 you know, it didn't take long. You know, I got some stuff I can burn off right now, but at the same point in time, it doesn't take long to, to uh, get in trouble physically if, you know, you can eat too much and get in trouble. You can also not eat enough and get in trouble. It doesn't take long. And my point is, we need to feed on God's Word because that's what this book is a lot about. And we need to meditate on it. And if you're not meditating on God's Word, it's going to be hard for you to be like a Jehoshaphat and believe God. Because it just, you might know it here, but you're just so far away. And there's been times, even as a pastor now, being in the Word all the time now. There's been times not too long ago where there, it was like Jehoshaphat in one sense. I mean, not the same type of battles and whatnot, but it just seemed like it was coming on on all sides. And I, I had to reach out for help. I had to reach out to some pastoral friends and say, Hey, you know what? I know the right answers here. But right here I'm hurting. And I need some prayer. I need some ministry. I need... Uh, I need to, you know, to get back on track. And rather than me trying to do it myself, I need some help. And it's not too, it's not wrong to ask for help. Sometimes we need to ask for help. You know, I I used to teach from uh, I forget, I think it's First Kings. It might be Second Kings, chapter six. But it's the story of the man with the axe head. Uh, I think Elisha was the prophet. Not Elijah. I get them mixed up sometimes. But uh, the guy's just hammering away at the at the tree. They're trying to build a a, a Bible school. Uh, that's a good thing. Having you know, building a church, building a Bible school would be a good thing. It would be a noble thing. And yet, in the middle of it, he his accent went flying off. And I've been I've been taught by many people. Jack Avery's the one that taught me the most on this, but. Because he used, he grew up in the in, 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 on the farm, I believe, and uh, and uh, he was taught to watch his axe head. If you don't watch that axe head, it makes because when you're chopping that wood, it can have a tendency to to, to fly off. If you don't watch your axe head, it, it just, it's not bolted in there; it, it, it can come off. Uh, and so, it'll watch your axe head. And when when the, the axe head would go flying off, it went into the muddy Jordan River. And then how do you know that an axe head is not going to float naturally? It's made out of iron, I believe. It's gonna it's gonna sink to the. And it's a, not just a river; it's a muddy Jordan River. 
And he cries out to Elisha, Alas, master, it was borrowed. It wasn't even his. He borrowed the axe. You know? Now, I don't know about you, but have you ever walk, gone walking somewhere and you accidentally trip? And you trip in such a way that you, you and then you just start walking. You don't, you hope no one noticed. <laughs> you know, you just, uh, you don't, you thought it was embarrassing, especially if you're going on the platform or whatever, whatever, on the stage or whatever. But you're hoping, <coughs> you're embarrassed enough that you tripped and you're just hoping you didn't make a scene. Yeah, you know. He could have, he could have been, I should have been watching my axe head. If he didn't say anything, he could have just been chopping at that tree with a piece of, uh, that stick. You know, the, the, the handle of the axe. But he had to cry out and say, hey, I need some help. I lost my cutting edge. I lost my axe head. I need some help. And it's going to take a miracle to get the axe head back. And Elisha, uh, whatever he did, he, he, uh, by the power of God, there was a miracle. And that axe head began to float. And the guy had to go out and grab it. And then I've always thought, well, if, if he could do a miracle with the axe head can float, why couldn't he just do a miracle and levitate the axe head right to the man's hand? <laughs> You know, if you're going to have a miracle, have the miracle any way you're going to have the miracle. But it, there's a, I think there's also a point that sometimes we need to go retrieve what we've lost. And then we need to participate and we have a, a part to play. And then that's a whole other message I've taught before. But, you know, I talk about losing our cutting edge. And how many know sometimes we can lose our cutting edge as parents, grandparents, uh, just people, spouses, employers, employees, students. We can just lose our way because of a variety of different reasons. But sometimes we need to ask for help. And one of the best places to get help is getting back into God's Word. Getting back into His presence. And getting back into the fellowship. Getting back into the sheepfold. How do you know if you're not in the sheepfold, the wolves can get you a lot easier? You're just a waiting prey. But there's safety in numbers. There's safety. It's foolish. It's foolish to not be in fellowship with the body of Christ. I know with COVID, it's a little interesting right now, but there's still ways. You can make ways. You can be innovative. Uh, you know, I, I remember back in my high school days, my youth pastor, I was part of our men's fellowship. And uh, and our men's fellowship, our pastor, who was in charge of the men's fellowship, he broke us up into two, so we had a prayer partner, not just for that night, but we had a prayer partner for multiple months on end where we were to pray for each other and and encourage each other throughout the throughout the week and throughout the months uh, as we came together we, we we would pray but we just had a partner we would uh you know be transparent to my partner was my youth pastor <laughs> you know uh not only was i part of the youth but i was also part of the church and the men's fellowship and i got my youth pastor and uh so we were supposed to encourage one another and you know i always knew that when he was going to be available Whenever the football game was on. <laughs> and now, I, I didn't care for football so much, but I, I didn't call him right in the middle of the game. I waited until halftime. I waited until halftime, and then I called him, because I knew he would always be around, wherever he's at. And he always called, he always said, he, after several, several times this happened, he goes, how come you always call a halftime? He goes, because I always know you're available. <laughs> I always know, I know you're a football fanatic. And I know you're watching the game. I'm not. I only watched the game to know when halftime was so I could call you and to do my part. Uh, I wanted someone to talk to, and I knew he needed someone to talk to. And so I just did that. I don't know how I got into that story. But it's just, you know, there's effortless change. 
But that change can also be effortless in a negative way if we don't spend time in word, we don't spend time in fellowship, we don't do the things <coughs> God's given us. We need to believe. But where, where does faith come from? The Word of God. And if we don't have a diet of the Word of God, we are, we are, we're going to feed our fears and starve our faith. But we need to starve our fears and feed our faith. Okay? And there's a lot of what I just said right there. We will have a tendency to meditate on all the junk going on in the world if, if our number one diet is the news instead of the Word of God. And so we need to starve our fears and feed our faith. I listen to some of the headlines right now, what's going on. I, don't, I can't spend all day watching this stuff. I'll never get anything done. And then I'll be meditating on it all day long. I know enough what's going on. I know that President Trump made a, made a speech today. Um, at that same point in time, I'm going to spend most of my time in the Word of God. And uh, so anyway, anything we share? Um, just to piggyback on getting in the Word, you know, um, I think I've shared this before, how I, I grew up knowing like the different Bible stories and, and um, just how much they encouraged me. But, you know, when, when we're in the Word of God and we can read about Jehoshaphat, about King David, about Esther, um, just, I mean, Adam and Eve all the way through Revelation, when we're in the Word of God and meditating on it, how encouraged we are. You know, there's a, a musical that, that Karis um, put on. Um, the the Murins actually are in charge of charge of that and they have a um oh i forget i think it's legacy productions but this couple um they're from europe i want to say norway but i i just i don't quote me on it but they have produced some productions some musical productions that all are from god's word and they they produced one a while ago called God with us and I just love it because not only the, are the words just spot on straight from the Word of God but in the specific musical God with us the early church is getting persecuted and they are struggling with being in fear and not knowing what's going to happen but the characters are encouraging themselves by meditating on what God has done throughout the centuries on how he has met everyone's need, and whether it be persecution, whether it be war, whatever it might be. And they, I mean, they go, they obviously, there's not enough time in a two hour, two and a half hour window, however long the production is, to do every single Bible story but they they do a lot uh, in, in that that two and a half hours. But they're they bring out the the Bible stories that they do have in it. They bring out this is what was going on. This is how God came through, and every single person, and true stories from the Bible. Every single person had an impossible thing they were going through, and yet they put their belief. That's what we were talking about with what Andrew was bringing out. Believe, believing and trusting in God. They all did it. 
and God came through miraculously and every single story has a has a different uh, a, a different way that God came through it, it wasn't the exact same way but it just it was so encouraging to read you know what happened in David's life what happened in in Esther's life in Ruth's life um, Daniel's life um, in, in Exodus, you know, when the children of Israel were under bondage to Egypt, uh, even with the disciples and, and how they followed Jesus. And, it, you know, talk about building yourself up in your, um, with the Word of God. That, that's so, so awesome. And, and, I, and Andrew's bringing it to our meditation, believing and trusting the Word of God, what God has to say about a situation. You know, I, I constantly bring up Gideon, who in the natural, you know, he was the puniest weakling of, of his household, and yet God used him uh, to bring victory to Israel. And I, I love how the book of John ends, because he's, he says in, in, in the last chapter, chapter 21, verse 25, and there are also many other things that Jesus did which if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. John was sharing, Jesus did so many wonderful things. He healed so many people. He brought uh, truth to so many people. He brought people out of bondage, um, healed, uh, transformed so much that that we can't contain if all if all, all the books in the world were, were written about just what Jesus alone did when he walked on earth the three and a half years, or I'm sorry, uh, he was around 33 and a half uh, when he went to the cross, but there's not enough books in the world to contain just what Jesus did in those amount of years when he was actually on the earth. But God had the Bible written uh, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit from Genesis to Revelation. And this doesn't contain everything that God has done. But, but this is for us to meditate on and to grow and learn and, and to trust God in. And um, it's just incredible that God has given us this, this word uh, so that we can meditate on it and be like that blessed man in Jeremiah, that we are thriving and flourishing even in the year of drought. Uh, Our leaves are green, they're not withered, we're bearing fruit. Even with all the junk going on around us, we are thriving because of God. All right, well let's uh, hopefully read this last section of chapter 2 tonight. So all you need is the title of this section, all you need. Sure enough, when the people of Judah came over the hill and looked, These three armies that had aligned against them had turned on each other. Two of them had agreed to kill the third. Then after they wiped out that army, they began killing each other. The very last two people standing killed each other. So when the armies of Judah came over the hill, they looked and there was nothing but corpses. They found so much gold, silver, and clothes that it took the entire nation of Judah three days to gather the spoil. Most people read through a Bible story like this and read through a Bible story like this and glibly say, oh, there was a victory for trusting God, but you can milk this passage for tremendous truths. Here was Jehoshaphat. His life and kingdom looked like they were just about to be stuffed out. 
In the midst of that, he cried out to God. The Lord gave him a prophecy. He believed it. And less than 24 hours after he began trusting God, the very thing that looked like it would be the destruction of the nation turned out to be one of the best things that ever happened. The people of Judah didn't even have to lift a sword. They went out and gathered much spoil, and Jehoshaphat dedicated all of it to the temple. Prior to that time, some other people had come in and stolen all of the gold and silver out of the temple. Through faith in the word God had given him, Jehoshaphat saw this situation that looked like it was going to be his destruction turn out to be the very thing God used to supply the needed resources to refurbish the temple. It turned out great. For days after I read this passage, I just meditated on those scriptures, thinking about how those truths applied to my life and some of the problems that faced me that made it appear like it could be the end of Andrew Womack Ministries. Rather than worry about my circumstances, I began thinking that in the same way that God acted on behalf of Jehoshaphat, he could do it for me. The situation that looked like it could destroy me could very well turn out to be one of the best things that had ever happened to me. As you meditate on the word, faith rises. Many people miss this increase of faith because they read the word but don't meditate on it. Everyone reading this may not be able to spend large quantities of time in the word, but everyone can meditate on it day and night. Regardless of what your circumstances or problems are, you're never more than one word from God away from absolute victory. The Lord knows exactly where you are and how to get you to where you're supposed to be. All you need is just the slightest instruction and impartation of God's wisdom. All you need is a word from God. There's a lot here that I can pick you back on, but I really kind of like the ending, you know. Um, you know, as you mentioned on, on the word faith arises, I talked about that. Many people miss this increased faith. Um, I'm sorry, uh, there's something I was going to highlight here. Um, um, everyone reading this may not be able to spend large quantities of time in the word, but everyone can meditate on it day to night. You know, there's been times in my life where I've just been super busy. I have a lot on my plate i got to do. There was times in my life, many times in my life, I had two full-time jobs. Now, when you're working two full-time jobs, 80 hours a week, you don't have a lot of spare time. You know, and uh, those, luckily those were only seasons in my life. But, you know, I can still meditate on God's Word. It's only by meditating on God's Word that I would even survive a time like that in some ways, you know. And you might not be able to spend large quantities. And then there was also times in my life where I was able to spend almost 16 hours a day just reading God's Word. I love those days. Some, some people are like, how can you read 16 hours a day reading the Word? Some of you spend 16 hours a day watching TV. Excuse me. Or reading other things, you know. I can, when you love something, you just can't put it down. And uh, and so, uh, you know, some of you spend 16 hours a day on Facebook and social media, like, and, you know, and all kinds of other uh, medias like that. But, <clears throat> you know, I think we need to discipline ourselves to have a regular diet. I mean, we could, a day could even come in this country 
where this literal physical Bible is taken away. Or not, it's illegal to have or they're rare to come by. I don't know what the future holds. Where churches could be shut down in America and everything. I'm not prophesying and all of this, but we don't know what the future holds the way our country's going. The way our world's coming. But we can have his word in our hearts. And how do, how do we do that? Because we can spend time now. We need to occupy till he comes. But we can meditate on his word day and night. No matter where you put me, no matter what you do to me, I can still meditate on God's word. You can't get it out of here. You can't get it out of here because it's already there. You know, some people have I come across and like, you know, think because we're Christians that we're we're just weird. I think they're weird. <laughs> you know, it just uh, uh, you know, they're, they're like they're trying to convince me, convert me back to whatever the, they're converting me to. I said, like, you're too late, buddy. <laughs> you're too late. The word of God is sown in my heart. It's it's not just a, a fragile plant. It's a tree. It's an oak of righteousness. It's a planting of the Lord that he may glorify, be glorified. But some of you, because you haven't had a regular diet, you could be a little wishy-washy. You could be tempted, some of you. And I don't know who that may be, but, you know, I want to be grounded and established in God's word. And how did I do? Because I can water it all day long, meditating on God's word. You know, there's so many things. And and uh, we've said this many times in some of Andrew Womack's healing journeys. And he has many video documentaries of people's healing journeys, life journeys. They're not regarding healing today. They're regarding finances or life journeys or life changes. He has many of those. Uh, they're, they're free. He can just actually YouTube most of them. You can go to his website. You can watch a lot of them. But all, almost every single one of these life journeys... And there are people from his ministry or the seminars or conferences who have had a miracle and they, they made a video documentary of the, the healing, this miracle. And almost every single one of them, especially some of them that we, we met the, them personally, uh, they, just, they got all the scriptures on healing and they just meditated on healing day and night until it got from here to here. And then they acted on it. <clears throat> sometimes there's a process not with God it's actually effortless with the seed but we got to get it from here to here where we believe it you know Andrew Womack t- tells us how the time where he was he had some struggles with finances and this was not too long ago where he had struggles with finances so at his Bible college he invited a guest speaker who this minister was doing well financially. So he brought him to the Bible college to speak so he could be in the front row taking notes. <clears throat> and he brought his notepad ready to take notes. And he says, the preacher preached a great message, but he didn't, he didn't write one note down because he didn't, the speaker didn't say something that he didn't already know. He says, there's one difference between this man and me that the theology is exactly the same. The only thing is, this man believed it. That's the only difference. So we need to get the Word of God in us, but we need to believe it. We need to meditate on it, but we need to believe it. We need to, when God says, by His stripes, 
we were healed. We need to believe that by his stripes we were healed. I don't care what the doctor says. I don't care what their lab report says. No disrespect to the doctor or whatnot. I thank God for people like that. But my God says, I'm healed. Then I'm, by golly, I'm healed. My God's going to meet my needs according to his riches and glory of Christ Jesus. God, my God's going to give me wisdom. You know, there's a lot going on in, in this world today, but I pledge allegiance to my God and my country in that order. In God I trust. I don't trust man. I trust God. He is my God. He is my king. I can have perfect peace because my mind is stayed upon him. All i got to do is get my mind off him and I'm a crybaby. <laughs> but I can be in perfect peace because I keep my mind stayed on him. There's an effort to keep my mind stayed on him. But if I keep my mind stayed on him, there's an effortless change of he changing my life and my circumstances if it need be. I can trust God. No matter what's going to go on in this world, in this country, in this state that I live in. I can trust my God. He is faithful, 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 faithful. Men are not faithful, but God is faithful. And Sherry's quoted it twice tonight from Jeremiah 17. Cursed is the man who trusted in flesh for his strength, but blessed is the man who, whose trust is the Lord. You can either be a shrub in the wilderness, like a, a cursed man who's trusting in flesh, or you can be like a, a, a tree planted by the river of God. Its leaves are always green, even in the year of drought. We have a lot of different droughts going on. And I'm not talking about water. I'm talking about the word of God. I'm talking about justice. There's a drought of justice going on in that country. There's a, uh, uh, there's a, there's a uh, drought of righteousness and morality going on in our country right now. But my leaves can always be green because my God, I can trust him. I can trust him. It can, it, all hell can break loose. But I trust my God. I can, Jesus said, those, we can be like those who build their house on the rock and when the storms come, the, the, there won't be any destruction. Why? They built their house on the rock. Or we can be like the unwise builder and build our house on the sand and when the, the, when the, the, the storms come, the destruction will come great. There's some people, because they have not built their house on the rock, when all this stuff going on in our world, they are just a train wreck. But there's those who trust as God, no matter what comes at them, not that they want it, not that they like it, but their trust is the Lord, and they will thrive. Even if they lose everything like Job, they will still thrive. Why? Because he still sits on the throne of their hearts, and he's their God. And, uh, and, and we can trust him. And so that's what I choose to do, and I have to make that choice daily. Just because I make that choice right now doesn't mean it's going to be automatic tomorrow. There is an effortlessness to it. But I have to make that choice to trust Him every day. And how do I make that choice? By meditating on Him, His Word, Him, keeping my mind stayed upon Him daily. 
sometimes throughout the day. Some days I need I need a fresh dose. You know, yesterday I was just driving. Uh, I was I was a little grumpy in the traffic. I just needed to turn on the the worship music a little. I take it up a couple of notches. Uh, I need to hear it. You know, bless the Lord, O oh my soul. David's telling his soul what to do. Sometimes we need to, we used to have a comment that we used to say, bless the Lord, darn it. We got that from a youth pastor, gosh, I want to say 2003, 4, I don't, I don't know. Um, but that, that was our takeaway from him because he was like, you know, sometimes I just don't feel like worshiping the Lord. I don't, you know, I'm just having a bad day or whatever it is. But he's like, you know what? I'm gonna bless the Lord, darn it! And that we we've run with that philosophy because life can be stinky sometimes, um, and worse, you know, with everything that people go through. But trusting God, I mean, that's incredible, and I love that that Andrew's uh, focus in this chapter has been on meditation because we need to remember who our God is, what He has done that Jesus went to the cross for us uh, and just out of love for us, for the joy set before him, he went to the cross so that we would be called the, the children of God. I mean, that's that's incredible. I mean, just that thought alone to meditate on that will put a spring in your step and a smile on your face. Well, that's all I have. Unless you have anything more? All right, well, we're out of time. We'll pick it up in chapter 3 next week. Um, but uh, anyway, I just want to pray for you, pray for our country. You know, I believe a lot of good things are, I don't know what all is going to take place, but I believe this is going to be a good month, even for our country. I don't know what's going on. I don't know all the details. I've heard some different things. I'm not going to give voice a lot of that, uh, but because, I, you know, I, uh, but at the same point in time, I trust in God. Uh, you know, I'm still, my refrain is still God bless America. My refrain is still in God we trust. And I pledge allegiance to my God and my country in that order. And I don't approve a lot of the evil going on and, 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 and different aspects of government and our, and our legal system and especially and whatnot. You know, I can give a lot of voice to that, but I'm here to magnify God. I'm here to, to, to praise God. And he has my allegiance. And I still pledge allegiance to the United States of America. Uh, and you know, and, and and for what you stand, one nation under God, with liberty and justice for all. And I still pledge that without, you know. And uh, anyway, Lord, we just worship you. We magnify you. You are our God, and we are your people. And all that's going on in our world, laws that's going on in our lives. I know that some people here listening need jobs. Some people need a healing. Some people need deliverance. Some people need wisdom. Some people just need some direction. Lord, I just thank you for, for each one that's listening. Lord, I know there's people listening from different countries and they need resources and, and, and whatnot to, to do the ministries you called them to do. Lord, we are, the, we are the head and not the tail. We are above and not beneath. We are the children of God. We are blessed and we are not cursed. And Lord, we just thank you, Lord, that my God shall supply my needs according to his riches. And glory in Christ Jesus. We pray for our country. We pray for the United States of America. We pray for justice to take place in this in this country. We thank you for exposing the evil and bringing everything into justice in this country. Lord, you said that our sins would find us out. 
And I thank you, Lord, that you will, will clean house in our country. And we thank you for the revival that is taking place and is going to take place in this country. In different places right here, things that are already beginning to happen. We, we thank you for that. We worship you. We magnify our King and our God. We celebrate Jesus. We celebrate righteousness. We celebrate the living God. We've, Lord, teach us all to meditate on your word. Teach us to live a godly and blameless life in these last days. Teach us to trust you. Teach us to meditate on you. Teach us to hide your word in our hearts that we may not sin against you. We worship you. We praise you, our King and our God. Bless this week. Bless our lives. Bless our families. Bless our finances. Bless our jobs. Bless our homes, our vehicles, and everything you've given us. Bless this country. And we pray for, our, for President Trump and different things and all that's going on behind the scenes that we don't even know about. We bless it in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. God bless you guys. Have a great, amazing week. We'll see you Wednesday at 7 o'clock as we talk to Believer's Authority. We'll be in week two. Uh, we did an introduction last week. We'll be in chapter one. Uh, we're going to redo chapter one. We just started, but we're going to restart chapter one this week. And we'll see you Wednesday at 7 o'clock. All right. God bless you guys.